Let's wrap that up. Let's wrap that up and I'm out. Get over to Hong Kong. No, you're staying in because you're there's no way you're getting away with Golden Sixty getting beaten, you're not saying anything. G'day, fellas. G'day, Andrew, how are you? Very well. Adam's missing. He uh it's weird, Golden Sixty gets beaten and he's a no show. Wow. Is that coincidence or do we read something into this? Oh, I think we definitely read something into it. He said we can still <laughs> bag him, so obviously we will. But once we do the sectionals, he really had no chance, did he, where he was? No, but I... I you, mean, were, was, you were still disappointed, I, weren't you? You have to be disappointed. I mean, um, I mean, he, it wasn't like he just missed, though, was it? He wasn't beating a short head, flashing home. I know he's run sub-22, his final split. Um, but he was well beaten and... Uh, I mean, Vincent's, Vincent's held his hands up and um, I don't think he had much other choice really to um, the way the race panned out but uh, it's the you know his he, he's a really good jockey Vincent don't get me wrong and he's an even nicer guy but um, it's the obsession might be a bit strong but the desire to, to, to go, drop back you know and try and loop the field and then come down the outside has, has cost him dearly I mean we talked about it before the international race that you know, the inside gate might prove costly if he tried to do that. But he didn't. He went through the middle of the pack, and as you would on any other horse, basically. Um, and he won brilliantly. But, um, I mean, it was just, uh, it was not his best effort for, by a long shot. And we talked about, you know, w- would a jockey be able to talk about Blake Chin, sort of, would he better do something on Russian Emperor to, to bring him undone? Zach did, again, Waikuka, a perfectly nice ride, but didn't do anything special at all. Sat on the leader's shoulder and, and kicked away. But unfortunately, the, the, the jockey that, that brought Golden Sixty undone in the end was was Vincent Home. Yeah, there's no there was no plan B in terms of no. he was always going to be there, and given the way the race was run, he had none. So no, uh, there was a you know huge gap up the inside rail. As he wanted to let him you know stride forward and just get on the inside of, of Russian Emperor and uh, behind the others. So no, very disappointed. But I mean, he's still won, he's won nineteen of twenty one. He's just shy of a hundred million dollars in in Hong Kong prize money. So we, you know. Can't knock them too much. Um, but There's no able friend. That, no. <laughs> but it's interesting now as well, now that they're saying that that loss has come up, that you know few, the weight's come off their shoulders and they're free to do whatever they want with him now. Yeah, which um, you know is a little bit contradictory with what's been said in the past. You know, They weren't looking at the records and, and things like that, but um, hopefully it does. Um, hopefully, but they haven't made a decision um, whether, uh, well, as far as I know, whether they go fourteen hundred for the Queen Silver Jubilee or the um, the two thousand for the Gold Cup that he won last year. Um, I would have thought they'd stick if they're sticking around the mile and the Yasuda Kinnan is still the plan. I'd have thought they'd have come back in trip rather than go up in trip and try and come back to the mile. Um, so that would be interesting because Waikuku won the Queen Silver Jubilee last year. It wasn't a vintage renewal, but he still won it, um, and he'll likely bump into. Um, you know, some of the horses out of the sprint, you know, Hot King Prawn was staying on very strongly. I think Ryan Moore even said after the international race, he was looking for a bit further. So maybe he'll, um, you know, he was a bit unlucky on the weekend as well. Maybe he'll look at that. Wellington, I'm not so sure about Wellington, 1400. Mm. I, don't, um, I don't think you're running scared of those sprinters. No, but again, it's, I mean, Skyfield, you know, backed up his international run, but, you know, um, stronger breaks through. Douglas White gets his first group one. But as far as a champion sprinter in Hong Kong is concerned at the moment, um, it's still, you know, very much open. If one of those goes in and, you know, wins another group one, then they'll seal it up. But there's every chance someone else will come out and win the Queen Silver Jubilee. And um, and the chairman's at the um, at the end of the year as well, the race that Wellington won. So, you know, the sprinting division um, still very much up in the air, I think. 
I think on the whole, Jake was mentioning it earlier this morning, the, the four-year-olds probably, I think he said it's the lowest rated four-year-old crop since 2013. The sprinters, which I would say Hong Kong is known for, is light on at the moment. So I think mm. we're, we're hoping something certainly emerges in the mile on, on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's interesting in that respect that the, the highest rated horse in the race is actually probably um, going to turn out to be a sprinter. Tony Cruz, credit term as well, rolling the dice with California Spangle. He's won um, five or six so far, but jumps from the 12 up to the 1600 metres. He's not in the derby. This is obviously the first leg of the, the four-year-old series. So we go mile 1800 metres for the cup and then the derby over 2000 at the end of March. But, um, you know, on the ratings, he should be giving eleven pounds, at least eleven pounds to the field. He's racing him off level weights. It's just a question of does he get the trip? He's by Star Spangled Banner, um, so all speed there. He's out of a high chaparral mare who, you know, people might look at that and think, oh, there'll be stamina there, but he's thrown a bit of speed, high chaparral as well, and he was no slouch himself. He was um, had plenty of tactical speed, so it's probably still a question mark. I think if he does a mile, is going to be his absolute limit, you'd think, but. From barrier 13, Chadwick's probably got a few options other than go forward. That's how he's been winning his sprints. But if nobody takes him on and he gets a couple of cheap sectionals, then, you know, maybe he's definitely got a kick. We know that. He's probably, you know, the best sprinter in the field. Um, if he can get a soft run and Matthew's great on a leader, then um, maybe he could spring a bit of surprise. I'd imagine in an open year that packing victory will probably go off his favourite. Yeah, well, that's the, what the market's got at the moment with packing victory. But it was interesting to note that after... Zach hopped off California Spangle last start. He, when I asked about him, he said he's probably got the action and the pedigree to get there. But the other thing is, do they ride him to try and get the mile? Do they sort of take him out of his natural game? I know he's drawn 13, so he's mm. probably got no option but to go forward. But do they just try and restrain him just a bit too much and then he will get overrun by those other horses that are probably proven at that distance? Yeah, well, that's you know that's the, the, the job that Matthew Chadwick's got, hasn't it? I mean, it, it's... In Europe, if you're stepping a horse up from, generally speaking, you know, from a whatever distance, you know, 12 to 1600 metres, you would, you'd ride it to get the trip, you'd drop it in, give it a chance. But um, certainly the way Tony Cruz likes his horses to be ridden, and given the fact he's drawn barrier 13, if he tries to drop in, there's every chance he ends up, you know, three wide or something, um, keen and, you know, runs himself into the ground. So I think they will roll forwards and just let him try and find a rhythm. And hopefully, I mean, he's had five, six starts now. Um, and if he does relax, uh, and they don't put any pressure on, then you know it could be um, it could be quite interesting. So I think it, it, without him um, in the race, then it, it it comes a little bit easier. He's the the X factor, I think. Um, you know, California Spangle, but backing victory has been very good. His only just two defeats have been behind the Golden Scenery and Navas too, who've both come out and won again since. And he was giving them weight. Far Far is really interesting. Um, coming from Happy Valley, he's unbeaten four starts this year. So I wouldn't underestimate um, him. A few people, have, you know, I suppose understandably make a thing of a oh, Happy Valley to shaft in, but um, he hasn't done a great deal wrong so far. The interesting thing with California Spangle is, I guess, I'm hoping they they ride him as in they've got nothing to lose because if he doesn't get a mile, he doesn't mm. get a mile. So yeah, just exactly. out there and lead. Yes or no? Does he get a mile? Do you expect him to? Um. Uh, I say if they leave him alone, he's got a chance. If it's a genuine tempo, I, I don't think he'll win anyway, put it that way. So, no, I, I don't think this will – I'd imagine, certainly in the short term, this will be the last time he'll be over a mile in a while. And it's interesting to know, we were talking off-air, Simo, that we've actually got him rated similarly to Master 8, who jumped favourite in the Group 1 sprint 
last Sunday just going. Yeah, it would have been interesting yeah. to see if he actually ran in that sprint because I think I think he's better than Master Eight. So Yeah. I mean I didn't think Master Eight deserved to jump favourite, but it was interesting to see, you know, a similar ratings profile to start so short in the group one. I think it also highlighted the lack, I guess, of depth in the sprinters. I'm it's interesting because I think he is going to start sort of four or five dollars and we're all saying no. So it does there's got to be a bet packing victory. I think you're right, we'll start favourite. He's the early favourite. I think Joe's made a mistake jumping off Romantic Warrior. What's your take, Andrew? Well, it's a big call, isn't it? Um, unbeaten four starts. He's been, you know, doing it nicely. He's, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Fourteen up to the sixteen hundred meters. I think what Joe's doing though, he's, he's playing the long game, and um, maybe he he thought well, he obviously thinks that Master Delight is um, is going to be better. You know, I mean, he's essentially said this is if nothing goes wrong, this is a derby ride. That's what he did a little bit with Sky Darcy. He stuck with him right throughout the series, but. Maybe he just didn't have the opportunity now to say, okay, I'm going to ride this horse in the in the mile, and you know, so and so in the cup, and the next one in the derby. But it, it must have been a very difficult decision. He also had um, sight, uh, sorry, sight spirit of um, John Sizes. He'd won his last three races as well. He could have ridden him. So difficult for Joe. Nice to have the decision, but um, again, he's drawn barrier 14 on Master Delight. So that's certainly not a positive. I'd be, I'd have in this race, I'd have a Romantic Warrior in front of Master Delight, but can only assume Joe's looking to march as opposed to this weekend. Yeah, I think I think he's no good, Master Delight. He's Ruby. <laughs> like he was jet propulsion down here. I think yeah. he's, he's the classic, he gets outpaced and then, oh, he's looking for further. I think he's looking for slower horses. I don't think he's any good. I'm very, I mean, John Size, I'm not going to knock. He's obviously thinking he's a derby horse and that's he's got in Joe's ear because two in the race and he rides Master Delight and he's sticking with him, but... Yeah, I'm, I'll be very shocked if he does anything in the four-year-old series. Might be going out on a limb because I'm going well, against the best jockey over there, but I'd, I really, there's nothing in his form for me to suggest he's any good. Well, no, and the Irishman who he faces again today ran straight past him off a slow tempo, and you've put a plus on that rating last start as well. And oh. He draws much better. He, sh- he draws well. He can't map- get he can't get that far back. Well, no, the map's saying that he's sitting full back <laughs> the fence, and if he's sitting there, he's not winning. No, he can't be there. Surely he settles closer. Yeah, barrier two. Um, it was a good run, I thought, behind Beluga last time. He was this uh, Mark Needham trade him, didn't he? In Australia, yeah. same name. There's there's more to come with him. He's definitely on my um, shortlist, the Irishman. But again, you know, off the rating, so. 82, he's rated California Spangles, 101. They're carrying the same weight. Packing Victory's got, what, seven points on him. So we'll be getting seven pounds off him in a in a handicap. So I think all these horses um, come into calculations. But, you know, if you're talking derbies again, as I said last week, they've got to find, to be a, a traditional derby winner, they've got to find 20 points between now and um, now and March. The other one I thought was quite interesting uh, was Turin Red Sun, who was Mithras. John Gosden ran in the Britannia last season. He was much better in uh, behind Crossford last time. He did get a pretty good run from Barrier 1. He gets Barrier 12 this time round. But I think he's the sort of horse that can still find some improvements. Um, but again, up against the weights because he's the um, bottom-rated horse. He's only up 74. And another one down sort of lower in the numbers, Rocket Spade. He burst onto the scene with his first up run, like stormed down the outside, very eye-catching. His next couple have been a bit plain and... Went around at Happy Valley last start. Do you reckon that's just a case of they wanted to get another run under his belt before this? Yeah, I think so. Um, again, I'm not too concerned with the, um, you know, the Happy Valley. We're talking about Far Far, and I think 
I've read, I've read um, you know, there's been a few articles written on it about, the, you know, horses that have had Happy Valley experience. Rapid Dragon was one and had one start there. And Super Sapin actually raced at Happy Valley. Ambitious Dragon had a start at Happy Valley as well. So I think it was just a case of, yeah, Casper wanting to get another run into it. And it was a much better effort after that. Um, maybe it was a case of second up. It just can happen sometimes, can't it? So, no, I wouldn't be completely riding off, um, you know, horse like Rocket Spade um, either. But, um, you know, the map's got him a long way back. Um, maybe if a, in a stop-start sort of race, it's going to be—he's going to be a sort of horse that's going to be, you know, staying on and running a, you know, a slashing fifth or sixth or something like that. Who is your top pick, Andrew? Well, I think packing victory probably. Um, packing victory because I've been a little bit disappointed. I've been Blaze War. I've been a big fan of his, but um, a bit of an excuse for him last time. But sort of need to see him doing again. So packing victory's done. So even when he's been beaten, um, short head and ahead, and he really, you know, he's carried out on his shield on both occasions. So drawn barrier four in behind the speed. I think he's probably the one to beat. Far, far, not against him. And, and California Spangler, I know I said, I don't think he's a genuine miler, but if they give Matthew Chadwick an inch, he'll take a yard um, and could really give them something to chase down the straight. But um, we'll stick with packing victory, I think. And the Centenary Vars, very, I think it's a pretty intriguing race. Um, it was hard to miss. Excellent proposal late last start, but drawn nine, likely to get back. How did you read it? Yeah, well, he's keeps sucking me in. Excellent proposal. He trialed, he's trialed since and trialed really strongly as well. Um, so he won the classic, Mark, um, as a four year excellent proposal. Now coming back for this one as well. Um, and he ran well in the cup over the 1800 metres last year, the second leg of the four years. So the, the trip shouldn't be an issue. Um, and I'm reluctant to jump off him. Um, although he does seem to be a little bit one dimensional as far as the tactics are concerned. He looked beaten last time and then sort of got second wind. Um, so I imagine they'll go back. He want to get, you know, suck into the race and then peel off and, um, you know, hopefully pick them up. He's got the class. I always thought he was a group four section proposal. Zabrowski's done nothing wrong though at all. Um, down there with a lightweight as well, 113 pounds. I think he can still improve. Reliable team, got away with murder earlier in the season. You know, capable if they let him do it again. Panfield's the, been the disappointing one after that big win. First up over a mile. Then he ran last behind reliable team in that farcical race, the Jockey Club Cup. And then, um, you know, didn't do much better in the um, in the Cup on International Day. And as a result, Karis Teton's um, been jocked off and Blake Shin gets on board now he's had a trial since looked pretty good he's definitely got the class pan field but um so there's those last two starts he needs to get back to that championship cheddar cup form from last season gee that trial was good though that trial was real good mm. in front of arguably who already is the derby favorite you would assume in senior october and they sort of went to the line neck and neck head and head whatever you want to say but he was it was very good and i mean maybe fresh mile is the way to go with him after his first up win earlier in, well, late last year, I guess, earlier in the season. Uh, he made a noise on International Day as well, so whether that's a concern or not. But he's, he's definitely, even if you see him in the flesh, there's a lot of quality about him, Panfield. Um, I'm still, you know, again, you talk about the sprinters racks being open. This, um, you know, since Exultants retired, you know, Panfield, we assumed, was going to step into that that place, but he, but he hasn't. So as far as that category is concerned as well, it's, it's very much open. Um, at this stage. So, Panfield definitely has the class. Zabrowski's all heart, but I'm inclined um, to stick with excellent proposal and as they come with that, hopefully a wet sail down the outside can pick them up. Speaking of seeing them in the flesh, Andrew, any updates on your movements? <laughs> um, news overnight is that they're looking at 
um, dropping quarantine from three weeks to two weeks. Um, so that's a positive. But the, the ban on flights from Australia has been extended to February the 18th. Um, so that doesn't help much. And I assume they'll make another announcement um, in a couple of weeks' time as to as to whether that changes or not. But, um, yeah, doing two weeks instead of three weeks quarantine is, is certainly – um, well, until it happens, I'll, I'll, you know, I won't start doing the uh, the happy dance just yet. But, um, but yeah, that's a positive. But no, we're still grounded um, at this stage. But Luke Curry and Daniel Moore get out this weekend. They're in action, three rides each on Sunday. Yeah, hoping um, because I think there's a lot of jockeys. They've all deferred their suspensions, and there is going to be a few rides. There's up a lot. Grabs. Yeah, there's a lot through February, and Joe's out for most of February as well. So um, they'll. It's one of those situations. Of course, they can ride. They wouldn't be there if they couldn't. They're, they're both very good jockeys, but they just need that little bit of luck, get on the right horse, ride a couple of winners, and all of a sudden they're in vogue, you know. But um, if you start to go, you know, three, four, five, six meetings without a winner, then people drop off. So they just need that little bit of luck um, early to get that winner, um, to give them a kick along. And uh, yeah, hopefully they can make a good, uh, good thing of it. But um, yeah, they've both got you know, okay rides on the opening day. No one's on favourites by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, we wish them well, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think Daniel Moore looking to sort of ride that wave. He had a really good carnival, so not easy. We've seen how hard it is to make it in Hong Kong. You just got – it's such a steep hill. Um, but mm. I think, you know, the big plus for Daniel Moore, and I don't think Luke Curry can ride as light as Daniel Moore, but Daniel Moore certainly can ride light, which is, you know, that's a big plus in Hong Kong. Yeah, Huge. I was going to huge. say, what, what um, are their minimum weights? Well, I saw Daniel Moore's riding 51 and a half on the weekend, and I think Luke Curry, 53 and a half, he's got a ride at. So that helps. I reckon that helps him a lot, considering that usually Zach takes the best rank up in the weights and Joey can float wherever he likes. And maybe Matthew Chadwick's having a great year as well as, I mean, mm. Vincent with a group, one other group, one winner on Sunday. So being able to float wherever you like, it's just going to do them wonders. Yeah, if they can do like Luke's doing 118 in the in the first, you do, if you can do less than 120, then yeah, it puts you in that, um, you know, that that weight bracket that um, some of the other guys, you know, can't quite get down to. So um, yeah, it's definite, definite positive. You can do overweight, you know, two pounds overweight um, under 120 as well. So um, yeah, that's it's always a positive as far as that's concerned too. And I thought it was a pretty average um, support card. Do you have any good things for us? Uh, yeah, there was nothing. There's three all-weather races, two, six, and ten for the dirt races. It wasn't a great deal that jumped out to me, to be honest, outside of the two races we've talked about. I thought brilliant way in the first debuts for Saiz and Marrera. Um, doesn't look the strongest race. Smart Wong Choi's been consistent, gets a good gate as well. But I thought he might not have to be a world beater maybe to um, to win first up there. So look out for him in in race number one. Beautiful. Thanks again and for always joining us, Andrew. Much appreciated and enjoy your prolonged stay in Australia. <laughs> but a couple more weeks anyway, if nothing else. Hey, just quickly, something I meant to say before we were talking about Golden Sixties race. Um, one thing that always amuses me, um, horses here have two names. They have an English name we're familiar with and um, a local name as well. And Waikuku, who won the race, um, his, he obviously came here as Waikuku from um, from Ireland. John Ox trained him there. His so they translate the name. His Waikuku is a place in New Zealand, I understand. But his Hong Kong name or Cantonese name actually translates as, or you'll hear him say it in the races, Hawaii. 
which I think they've probably got a bit lost in translation with Waikiki <laughs> as opposed to Waikuku. Yeah. But um, just um, it always it always um, makes me smile. So yeah, Waikuku's name in Cantonese is Hawaii. Um, so there you go. He was winning on the weekend. He's supposed to be second group one now. So yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a fun fact. Anyway, that might be the new word in these thing. segments. I reckon. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, Zach would have just loved it being the giant killer as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did pull yeah. the salute across the line. Oh, as as yeah. he would, as he would, yeah. Yeah. He's too so, good. Uh, no, it was a big win. Um, and to say he's no slouch, Waikuku, but um, we'll see what he does next. I'd we'll imagine he'll go back and try and defend his crown in the Queen Silver Jubilee Cup. For sure. Looking forward to it. I think four-year-old race is, while they're not rated high at this stage, I think it's a ripper. So we'll see what happens. Mm. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks, Andrew. We'll do. Thanks, guys. See you next week.